Welcome to the Innovation Engine Podcast. I'm Will Sherlin, and on this week's episode, we'll be looking at innovation and haptic touch. Why touch is a powerful untapped sense. How touch technology may eventually enable entirely new forms of communication. And why you shouldn't be alarmed to hear that your clothes may soon reach out and touch you. Here with us today to discuss all that and more is Chris Ulrich, Vice President of User Experience at Immersion Corporation, one of the leaders in haptic touch technology. At Immersion, Chris is responsible for ensuring that haptic products and technologies designed by Immersion are highly valued by users, developers, and OEM customers. Since joining Immersion in 2000, he has worked across departments to innovate, develop, and bring to market a variety of technologies. He has also directed software research and development in 3D, directed the medical simulation engineering team, and led the design and development of next-generation surgical instruments. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hi, well, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So let's set the stage for the episode by talking about what haptics or haptic touch is. For listeners that may be unfamiliar with the concept, can you give a quick definition? Sure. So, I mean, there's a couple ways to define it. I think the easiest way to think about it is that really haptics is all about the sense of touch. So when you think about having, uh, you know, living your daily life, you see things, you hear things, you feel things through your skin, you touch them. Um, the, the science of haptics is really about the study of that touch part of your, your human experience. And at, from a technological perspective, haptics really specifically talks about how you're making that touch experience possible through motors, through devices, through, through um, technologies that are allowing the creation of touch experiences, similar to the way you use a video screen to display you know, visual information and speakers to display audio information. In the science of haptics, what we talk about is what kind of devices, what kind of mechanisms can we use to create touch experiences for users. Okay, nice. And, and there are a number of potential applications of haptics in the wearable space that you show on the Immersion website at www.immersion.com. Can you give a little bit of background on Immersion and what the company does? Sure. So Immersion is, is a company who probably you've experienced our technology, but you probably haven't heard of us. We're sort of a behind-the-scenes company. We've been around for over 20 years, 21 years, I think, 22 years. Um, and the company really focuses on deeply investigating technologies and uh, applications of haptics. So that's all, you know, everyone at the company lives and breathes the sort of the science of touch and how they can create rich touch experiences across a whole wide variety of markets. Probably the most uh, recognizable use of our technology would be in game controllers. So I think almost everyone has tried a PlayStation or an Xbox device at some point in their life and has experienced this thing called Rumble. Um, so Immersion is was one of the um, original developers of Rumble technology back in the early 90s. Um, and it's been commercialized through our partners at Sony and Microsoft. Um, Immersion has also spent a ton, of, a ton of time and effort in creating solutions for other parts of the game industry, um, automotive interfaces, 
mobile phones, uh, wearable devices, um, medical, uh, surgical simulation, virtual reality, et cetera, et cetera. So really the company itself focuses broadly on the, on the horizontal solution space around creating haptic experiences. What are the, um, what are the techniques to make a good haptic experience? What are the technologies required to implement that? And how can we work with our customers to make their customer, their, their sort of consumer facing technologies have good haptic experiences? So in that light, Immersion really as a company is sort of a, a, a bastion of expertise or a, a, an area where we create reference technologies, we create software solutions, um, we provide services to these OEMs around how they can, should, um, and do implement their haptics. Um, and then we also provide them with rights. So it's important to know that Immersion as a, as a, as a long-standing player in this space has accumulated a huge portfolio of IP. And so we, we are also able to, um, to enable people to have rights to do various things and to be empowered um, in these spaces. Specifically in the domain of wearables, we're really excited about this as a new sort of emergent use of technology um, because the thing that's great about wearables is that they're actually tied to your body <laughs> in some sense. Um, as everybody knows, that the sort of the defining principle of wearables is that you have something that's probably on your wrist probably maybe on your on some other part of your body, but almost certainly everyone today is thinking about wearables as being smartwatches or fitness pans or whatever. Um, and the thing that's great about that from a touch perspective is that it provides a great interface between the technology and the skin of the user. And so it's now possible in the space of wearables to think about how we can make a rich touch experience for end users that is sort of private, personalized and gives them an augmentation of their awareness of the reality around them. The easiest way to think about that would be, you know, in, in providing people with directions as they're walking around it can be done silently and unobtrusively through a wearable device rather than having a phone speaking out loud or having to look at a phone they're holding in their hands. It becomes a lot more natural and more transparent of a user interface to do that kind of task. So we're actually really, really excited about wearables um, as, a, as a market opportunity for haptics uh, in general. And this, this may be too broad of a, of a question, but are there other areas that you see as being kind of very fertile ground for haptics beyond wearables? Uh, well, I mean, sure. Um, the thing that the, the, the next biggest market or actually the bigger market than wearables even right now is mobile phones. And Immersion has, has spent maybe 10 years in the mobile phone space, getting uh, you know key customers like Samsung and LG and those guys to implement high quality haptics in their mobile phones, and really the motivation for the first you know seven eight years of that uh, of that market activity has been around the notion that as you move from having you know old school phones that had mechanical buttons on them to touchscreen phones, the the tactility of that interaction is lost. And so immersion by working with these customers can create a really nice, you know, high quality touch confirmation experience on smartphone screens that's reminiscent of the mechanical switches of mechanical buttons of the past. Um, 
that's that's been great for us in terms of building our company, building our market share, et cetera. But what it has resulted in is having a huge install base of something like a billion or more than a billion devices that support decent quality haptic experiences. Because it's not it's not a given that any mobile phone, because it has a motor in it, can do decent haptics. There's actually some important considerations around motor choice and around the way the operating system works and so on that that impact that. But but from our perspective, there's a big you know billion is a pretty big number, a billion size install base of devices that can do this high quality haptic experience. And now what we're looking at is how can we build on top of that pre-existing market footprint and create new rich tactile experiences on mobile devices. And where we've sort of landed is in sort of maybe two key areas that are that are really compelling. One is mobile gaming. Um, so certainly in the area of mobile gaming, what we see is that there's this huge new market and also sort of a, a, a takeover of the of the traditional gaming market by mobile phones, really around casual gaming interactions. But there's you know more and more sort of mid-core gaming that's coming online in mobile. Um, and because the devices have built-in actuator technology, we can now go after our traditional value play in gaming, which is you know enhancing the realism of the game by providing tactile feedback to it. It's also interesting in the case of mobile games that surprisingly, not perhaps unsurprisingly, a huge percentage of mobile games are played with the sound off. Um, even though most game developers are going to make a game that has, they're going to put sound in it, most users are going to be using it in a situation where sound is not socially acceptable, i.e. they're on a train, they're standing in line at the bank, you know, they may even be playing during a meeting or something like that, and having sound effects is not okay. Haptics, on the other hand, because it's private and personal, can give you some character of that audio experience, but also another dimension um, to the gameplay so that now you can play the game unobtrusively in your meeting below the table and still have a rich and perhaps more immersive and engaging experience. The, the, the second area where we're really excited in, in this mobile space is around the addition of haptics to mobile video. So I think most people are familiar with the experience of going to a theater you know, where you go and sit down in a seat and the, it's an action movie or something and there's explosions and so on. And you actually are literally vibrated um, or stimulated from a tactile perspective because of the, the power of the subwoofer that you find in most theaters. And I think you'll find that if you go and watch, you know, Fast and Furious or something like that on your mobile phone, you by and large will not get that experience. Um, and so what we have, uh, what we've, we've been working on at Immersion is how can we, A, recreate that theatrical experience on a mobile device by augmenting video with haptics, and then B, haptics is not exactly the same as a subwoofer. In fact, there's a bunch of important differences. So what is the narrative character? What's the creative dimension that haptics enables that you actually don't even have in the audio domain? And how can we work with you know, content producers and, and creatives to make really compelling and interesting content that has like a video haptic multimodality to it, as opposed to a surround sound video uh, modality experience to it. And, and in fact, when you start to look at, at the, what this does to users who are viewing these kinds of things, you see things like increases in quality of experience, increases in immersiveness you know, around the content, and then also increases in attention. And if you think about it for a minute, those three things are really useful, not just for feature films, but also for things like advertising. And so as we see more and more advertising getting deployed and utilized on a mobile platform, 
we see that immersion has a big opportunity around enabling advertisers, brands, agencies, et cetera, to use haptics to make richer, more engaging mobile content for their campaigns. So, so let me ask you about some of the concept videos that are on the immersion website. My personal favorite is one that's related to the internet of things and what immersion calls the quote unquote tactile house. So can you describe that concept and how it would enable us to interact with the world around us? Sure. So I think, I think you're referring to the video where you have people, you know, going into a house and adjusting their blinds and changing their lights. Right. Without, without touching anything, essentially. It's like a leap, leap motion for the house, it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And so that concept video was based on the notion that, you know, at some point in the not too distant future, either your wearable itself or some set of sensors in your house are going to be able to understand your, your gesture, your intent um, as a as a user of that house, if you like. Um, and through technologies that are enabled by Internet of Things, this kind of connectivity or this understanding of user intent can be connected to the basic functions of your house, like are my blinds open, is my door open, you know, I want to adjust the lights, I want to change the sound, uh, you know, even the, the dimmer, I want to adjust the intensity of the of the sound in a certain room. And the, the thing which is... Um, interesting and useful about haptics in that scenario is that when you're doing these gestures that may be in free space, you know, where you're just sort of waving your hand in front of you, one of the most difficult things about doing those kinds of gestures is, first of all, to learn them, um, and then second of all, to know that you're doing them correctly. So it's quite easy in gesture-driven interfaces to do all kinds of wrong things because they, they can often be a little bit uh, finicky or delicate to use. Um, and when, but as soon as you add a dimension of tactile feedback to those gesture-driven interfaces, you've now grounded the user in, in a way that allows them to feel confident about the interaction. And I think a good analogy for, would, uh, for that would be, um, you know, when you're using the trackpad on your laptop, it's important that the trackpad has like a, a bezel or a beveled edge that you can feel because that tells you what is the constraint on your interaction with that trackpad. Um, and so in a similar kind of way, and that's a kind of a, a haptic constraint, in a similar kind of way, when you're doing free space gestures or, or interacting with something else using a gesture of an interface, getting that confirmation that you're at the edge, that you're moving through different levels of things, provides users with a real sense of tangible uh, confidence around that interaction. And so the concept video is really exploring the idea of, you know, assume you have a wearable that has a feedback in it. Now can we use that wearable as a mechanism to display this confidence building feedback to the user so that they can know that they're doing the right thing, first of all, and then second of all, know that they're actually doing something at all. Um, and so uh, that's an area that, that we continue to look into and are excited about. Related to that is this notion that you could use tactile feedback to communicate different kinds of information to users. So you think about this example I mentioned earlier around, you know, getting private feedback um, while you're walking around about left-right directions, that kind of thing. Our research indicates that there's at least sort of five categories of, it's not a haptic language, but like a haptic iconography, if you like, sort of five categories of things that uh, that you can that users want to get in terms of notification or feedback on a wearable device. And in the concept video, you could imagine applying feedback that is like, "Hey, you should pay attention to this right now," 
like, uh, hey, you've left your house and the garage door is open kind of thing. The, the haptic feedback you would get around that sort of uh, scenario should be different than, you know, hey, you've left the light on in another room or, um, you know, someone else has come home. There's sort of different levels of, of uh, importance, but also different contexts in which that feedback can be provided. And, and our research has indicated that we can actually construct a kind of haptic um, uh, a, a, set of, a set of haptic effects that allows users to know that instinctively without having to look at their device necessarily. Um, and so this is this, this product that we launched earlier this year called Instinctive Alerts, which you could imagine tying into this tangible house of the future, but also into many other IoT scenarios. You could imagine using it with your car, using it as you navigate through the world, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so Chris, Wired has been on the forefront of covering haptic technology for a while. There was a great article this past December titled, Soon Your Tech Will Talk to You Through Your Skin, where they talked about, among other things, an Android app called Mumble that can communicate the urgency of messages through notifications. So, for example, an LOL or a K might not notify you at all, whereas a message with a question mark in it would. So do you have any experience using Mumble or something like it? And do you see that becoming a part of our everyday lives in communication? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think if you haven't tried Mumble, you should try it. Um, Mumble is really interesting because it tries to solve this problem of how can I convert notifications into haptic information? And I think one of the key challenges with that is if you look at wearable interfaces today or even even the notification feedback you get on your phone, like when it's sitting on a table and it's vibrating and so on, they're pretty binary in the sense that most notifications are going to tell you that you have a notification, not what what kind of notification is, what is the what's the importance, what's the character of it. And Mumble tries to do that uh, through a variety of uh, through kind of deep looking at the message itself and trying to guess what that might be. But it also tries to communicate the body of the message by directly converting the words into haptic effects. So if you have a long message, you're going to get a really long mumble. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's a, a verb, I guess. Um, you're going to get a really long mumble from your device. Um, and our experience has been that it's quite difficult for users to really learn long, long patterns of haptic effects like that. And really what they're looking for is some much shorter indication of importance and, um, and contextual relevance, right? Um, and I think that's a, it's a key differentiator between, um, between Mumble and, and other approaches like Immersion's Instinctive Alerts is the recognition of context and the notion that you might be doing something else um, or you might be doing something specific. And so getting a notification that's related to that specific thing is gonna, should be treated differently than a notification that's sort of coming out of the blue. And notifications that are coming out of the blue, they're sort of important ones and not important ones. Um, and so those needed to be treated differently also. Um, and so I think the, the short answer from my perspective is that yes, this type of technology will become absolutely part of everyone's daily life, especially as they uh, as the uh, wearable devices become more widely used in the world, because wearables really enable this level of communication between the device and the user, because you, you really would need to be holding your phone 
to get the full mumble or the full uh, alert experience from a haptic dimension, and that's not a reliable situation. Um, and the, the challenge is, how do you construct that feedback so that users aren't confused from the beginning, um, and so that they have a framework upon which they can build some level of understanding and facility with that feedback, so that it really does begin to add value to their daily lives in a way that has a net net positive adder without crossing into the territory of, I am going to turn this off because I'm absolutely sick of getting this vibrations constantly all the time. Sure. And I think that that's really the clincher for me is you, how many notifications do you get in a day? Right. I mean, it's gotta be hundreds. Um, and if each and every single one of those has this, this haptic, uh, component to it, which is kind of drawn out and may not even be relevant to what you're doing, it quickly becomes very annoying. And so I think the trick is going to be constructing uh, notification, haptic notifications in a way that are um, unobtrusive, contextually relevant, and meaningful to users, and allowing them to learn and adapt, uh, learn and adapt their responses to the to that feedback. Sure. Yeah. I uh, I had to get rid of the the last version or the last phone that I had because notifications could not be turned off, and it was impossible to, to get through like two minutes uninterrupted uh, without yeah. getting a, a notification. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty often these days that people are sending you an email or a text or calling you. Um, so, so yeah, I like the way you put it too with the, with the 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 binary notifications. I mean, you're either getting one or you're not, and hopefully, at some point on down the line, notifications can get smarter, and this will be a way for technology to be less intrusive on our lives. Yeah, and, and because of Immersion's position in the world where we actually have long-standing relationships with many, many OEMs, um, it's a straightforward situation for us to take this research and our, and our sort of constructs around how you should probably do this and advise them on the best way to actually move from binary notifications to meaningful sort of instinctive rich notifications and all you know, advise them from the on the full value chain. So, which motor to pick, which amplifier to pick, how to stick it in the software stack, how to design for it, how they should expose it to their developers, et cetera. That's the kind of thing that Immersion is very used to doing and and is doing right now in that in that space. Okay, nice. So, Chris, we can't talk about haptics without talking about the Apple Watch. What advice from a UX perspective would you share with people that may be encountering this type of device for the first time? about how to incorporate haptic touch. So the the Apple Watch obviously is a very new product. I'm not sure if you've tried one, you know, just I just tried one the other day. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I've put one on and messed around with it a little bit. So, so yes, I have. Yeah, so the haptics on the Apple Watch are, are nice. Um, you know, they've clearly taken the time and effort to think of good uh, haptic experience needs to be like. Um, but I haven't seen, you know, looking at the developer guide, the design guide, et cetera, I haven't seen a really good description of how developers should think and incorporate haptics into their applications. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's sort of a dangerous game to play from my perspective, given everything I've said already. Um, and I think the, the, the advice I would give is sort of, there's two, two parts to it. The first part is, the first couple of times you try to create haptic experience, you're probably not going to like it. Um, and it's just a question of developing the aesthetic, developing the, um, the understanding of how you design the effect, what the, what the end result is going to be in the app 
takes takes some learning. I mean, that's like that's you know you can't just jump in a pool and assume you know how to swim, right? There's some level of effort required to understand haptic design principles. Um, and I think the second the second component is really thinking very carefully about how you want your users to react to the haptic experience. Um, and so it, it seems like, particularly in the case of something like Apple Watch, the primary use case is gonna be around notifications, um, you know, and, and communicating some sort of information to the user. Um, and in this situation, you know, Immersion has already done a tremendous amount of work around what we think is the right framework to think about uh, these kinds of notifications. And so, you know, I have to sort of go back to my earlier answer, which is I think something that's really thought out, like the instinctive alerts framework, is going to be the right way to incorporate alerts into a, a, a device like the Apple Watch. Um, now, clearly, Apple hasn't made, as far as I can tell, uh, made any of that kind of thing available to developers through the SDK. And so probably it's still a matter of time before we even have that problem. Um, in terms of haptic design for wearable, like the Apple Watch. Um, but I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how developers try to grapple with the the tremendous amount of power possible with that the the haptic engine on the Apple Watch, and also the the sort of the things the ways it can go wrong. <laughs> um, and, and so I'm not worried that because Apple has a curated model, I'm not worried that they're going to have a lot of bad experiences. But I think there's going to be a lot of discussion back and forth between Apple and their developers about what constitutes a good haptic experience and how they should think about that and whether or not Apple needs to provide more guidance around what that is. Okay, so Chris, as you mentioned, Immersion has been around for more than two decades. The company has been issued or has pending more than 1,900 patents. So is there a killer app equivalent to a killer patent that you all are really excited about having or one that's in the works? I think that's a that's a really interesting question. I I'm always surprised at the 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 goal to try to get to a killer app um, that or you know killer patent right. that would sort of validate this whole field. And in fact, funnily enough, I was at a conference yesterday where someone uh, asked me a question. You know, when are we going to see the first the first virtual handshake? Um, and so when I think about that question, which I think I've got that question almost every year I talk at conferences for the last 15 years, um, it really makes me think about the, the value of haptics for interpersonal communication. And there's something that's very deep and very, um, very fundamental about when you shake someone's hand to, um, to, to sort of validate First of all, that that person's there, that they're real, you know, that that you can trust them, et cetera, and that's a very deep and human experience. Um, and I think that what we've seen is that haptics so far hasn't risen to the level in in many embodiments where people could say, yes, it feels like I'm, you know, that I, if I'm going to have a video conference with you or a phone call with you, I feel like the haptic part of that, the the virtual handshake, if you like, is really validating my trust or my my deep seated humanness about this interaction. And so I think as we move toward more sophisticated haptic embodiments, and certainly the, you know, the Apple Watch uh, embodiment is nice, 
Um, there's a bunch of other ones like the Samsung uh, S6 that are that are quite nice, but they're still quite far from this notion of a handshake. And so I think as we get into into more futuristic um, sort of post-vibration haptic experiences, I, I become really excited about the, the the possibilities for changing the way humans interact in a way that's really positive and and transparent and not sort of blocked by technology, but that really actually makes our lives richer and more meaningful and technology less relevant to the interaction. And I think haptics has the potential to do that because it has this deep-seated emotional component to it that really is something that's very primal to the way people operate and can really access parts of, of our psychology and our behavior that you can't really get to easily with other mechanisms. And so I know that's a kind of an abstract answer, but I really feel like, um, you know, the emotional component, the strength of that is, is a, is a killer um, value of haptics. Now, whether or not that will be embodied in a specific app or not is not clear to me. I think it's more of a of a rising ocean, if you like, of recognition, of understanding, of of um, usage of these technologies, so that people have expectations around the quality and the utility of it. Okay, nice. Well, Chris, if I could reach through the microphone and give you a virtual handshake, uh, I certainly would. And, and <laughs> until such time as uh, that technology exists, we'll just have to go with the thank you so much. Uh, it's great, great to have you here and great talking with you about haptic touch, the potential it holds and where it's headed. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Will. Absolutely. My pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about Chris Ulrich and Immersion, you can visit the Immersion website at www.immersion.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at, at HapticsDev. Thanks once again to Chris Ulrich for joining us this week, and thank you for joining us this week. Don't forget to tune into next week's episode when we're excited to talk about organizing for innovation with David Bland of Neo Innovation. We'll talk about why corporate innovation is fundamentally broken, what you can do to fix that inside your own company, and what a typical innovation team should look like. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. The Innovation Engine podcast is recorded, produced, edited, and published each week by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information on the company or our services, please visit our website at www dot three pillar global dot com.